The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Welcome to the Chronic Podcast with host Ralph Malbro and featuring bloggers Andrew Juge of SaintsNation.com, Kevin Held of The Team Drops the Ball, and Dave Cariello of Canal Street Chronicles. This podcast is nothing but serious football talk and hardcore analysis. Which four of you would survive the longest in the zombie apocalypse, and in which order would you die? Well, Ralph, no offense, you're going first. Oh, definitely. <laughs> no, 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 no. The zombies would smell Dave's sugar blood and target him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They'd get his. <laughs> I don't even have a joke, Dave. <laughs> Dave. Dave smells like nougat. Now here's your host, Ralph Malbrose. Welcome to the Chronic Podcast. It is sponsored by the Pelican House, 2572 City Place Court in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. You could be watching the Pelicans not win the NBA draft. You could be watching the Heat and Pacers bludgeon each other. You could be watching LSU in the SEC baseball tournament, having duck braised nachos, having 130-some-odd draft. Duck braised nachos. You're right. You could Do have- they have anything else other than duck braised nachos? They have a no. fantastic menu. But the one time I went, that's what I had, and it was great. What can I tell you, Kevin? Uh, okay. They have an amazing burger. I mean, world class. So, yeah, the Pelican House, 2572 City Place Court. They support us, so you should support them. Baton Rouge, Louisiana, it's almost football season. All right. We were going to have struggled because the draft is over, and the Saints had minicamp. They ran around in shorts and blah, blah, blah. We were going to have – we were, like, kicking around topics today in email – and then I see the breaking news banner on NOLA.com. Aaron Brooks and John Carney inducted into Saints Hall of Fame. And then Twitter, Twitter went fucking apeshit. And listen to me, people. If you are going to say Aaron Brooks is not worthy to be in the Saints Hall of Fame because of a backwards pass, then you got to kick Archie Manning out for 1-15. You know? Billy Kilmer's in the goddamn Saints Hall of Fame, and his stats are terrible. Aaron Brooks, number two in touchdown passes, number three in yards, number two in game-winning drives, first playoff win in Saints history. Yes, he was a above-average NFL quarterback that showed great promise at the start, didn't live up to expectations. In any in other NFL cities, it's not that great. For the Saints, before 2006... He's the top five player on the team in the history of the team. And Kevin Hell, if you argue with me, we are going to fight. They deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. Despite my uh, abundant wrestling knowledge, I assure you there will be no fight here. There will be no disagreement (laughs) here. Aaron Brooks, I can't believe I'm actually saying this. I mean, he belongs in the Saints Hall of Fame. I mean, I know he's in his dentist's Hall of Fame, so – because uh, we thought we saw how fucking perfect his teeth were every goddamn interception. So, yeah, I mean, bully for him, I guess, and bully for John Carney. Well, Andrew, I mean, you were kind of you were kind of taking shots at Aaron Brooks, but can you make a? Is there a? 
is there a legitimate case to be made that he doesn't deserve to be in the Saints Hall of Fame? Can you can 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 anybody make the case? And if and you can't start it with I didn't like him. He smiled all the time. Like is no, I mean I think I mean it's it's on the field stuff I guess in between plays, but I think a, a lot of the animosity that the fan base has towards him. And, you know, I, I felt a little bit of that as well. I don't think I, it was quite as strong as some of the other fans, but, you know, it was the smiling after the interceptions, it, some comments in the media, um, just his, his general attitude. Um, it really, he just started to sour on fans because of it. So I mean, that's the main gist of it. I mean, we all know the history and um, Look, real quick, I just want to say the whole Jake DeLome thing, a lot of people bring that up, that he was injured and, and that there should I, – I blame that squarely on Jim Hazlitt. I mean that is 100%. Um, how can you blame Aaron Brooks for that? And some people say, well, he was injured. He should have pulled himself. I mean, no NFL player is going to say, Coach, I'm too hurt. I can't play. And I would right. never And I would never expect any NFL player. And frankly, if there's any NFL player that says, Coach, I'm too hurt. I can't play then I would question if they're tough enough to play in the NFL. So, you know, based on that, I, I wouldn't expect Aaron Brooks to, to, you know, make the decision there. That was a squarely on Hazlitt. And if you have a problem with Brooks because of that, that's just unfair. Um, you know, I think one thing I mentioned is that he did have a major, major ball security issue and that when you're, when you're evaluating players statistically um, – the number of fumbles, number of fumbles, fumbles lost is not really a statistic that you often look to. Um, but if I if I'm thinking of one area where um, he struggled, it was definitely ball security. But otherwise, Mightily. yeah. But otherwise, on the field, I mean, I thought you know the, the numbers speak for themselves, and um, he he statistically was a like you said an above average quarterback, which for Saints history might as well be the best ever prior to Breeze. Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, he, he belongs and, um, his statistics in terms of saints history are very good. Um, and, um, you know, the, the big moment obviously is, is the win, uh, in, in the playoffs over St. Louis. And I was lucky enough to attend that, but, uh, that was the shining moment of franchise history up until 2006. Dave, is he going to get booed when they drive him in the car? In November around the Superdome? <laughs> Probably. That's a good question. Vegas uh, may want to take that one off the board. Uh, he'll, 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 he may get some mixed reaction. I mean, I don't think like the entire stadium is going to just boo him incessantly, but... Uh, you know, you, I, I would say the majority of it is going to be cheering, but you might hear a, a, a little booing here and there uh, on, underneath that top layer of cheering. Uh, but, uh, I mean, you know, people, people are tough guys and, and make fun of computers on the internet, but I don't think necessarily that would manifest itself in person as much. Yeah. I mean, Kevin, how much of Aaron Brooks's legacy would have been different if, not even I'm not even going to say hypotheticals of if he was local, if his personality was different. But how would his legacy have been different if you flip Hazlitt's records? Instead of going 10 and 6 the first year and winning a playoff game, if you flipped it and it was the Saints went 7 and 9, 8 and 8, 9 and 7 and then the third or fourth year won the division title and won a playoff game. Do you think 
it would I think it would have changed completely how we view Aaron Brooks. Well, yeah, because Aaron Brooks probably would have been the damn quarterback through probably 07 or 08. And uh yeah, I mean, that's I mean, shit, there I mean, has would have still been the coach for a few extra years. I don't care how many uh alleged incidents that there were off the field involving him and other people. I'm not even going to get too specific there. I'll leave it completely nebulous, but he'd have still been the coach for a few more years, instilling that wonderful defense of his alongside, <laughs> alongside who Rick Venturi. Uh, so oh God, yeah, don't get I mean, him started. I mean, yeah, I know. So those guys would have been around weaving their magic and yeah, Aaron Brooks would have been doing whatever. I mean, could he could he have said screw it i'm now a 10 win quarterback and i'm going to be treated as such I, I i don't know i mean andrew it's i mean if you if you look back at it just and the saints they shit canned the best quarterback in team history for a guy with a destroyed shoulder in 06 and the fan base went eh good job i mean it's pretty remarkable if you look at it like that well, I think by 2005, um, you know, that that was by far Brooks's worst year um, with the Saints, you know, so I, I think anything would have been an upgrade at that point. I mean, I, I think clearly whatever injury he had to his throwing shoulder was never properly fixed. And he I, I thought he never really rebounded from that um, to be even the player that he was. And granted, he kind of plateaued after that first season, but. Um, but still, I mean, I, I think whatever happened to him, in he was his out of the league, arm, out yeah, of the I mean, league. I mean, to say that he to 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 think that he went from a Saints starting quarterback to out of the league, he should have been if his shoulder would have been OK, he should have been a backup for maybe at least six to eight more years. Like, I'm not that's not even yeah. like a joke. You know? Yeah, I think I think he was physically compromised um, and that's unfortunate. But. You know, I, I think uh, there were some maturity issues there, no doubt about it. But uh, again, I mean, it, if you're looking, if you're evaluating just based on the player, um, and he was one of the, I mean, he's one of the most polarizing figures in Saints history. There's no doubt about it. And I think a big part of that is just his attitude. And it's unfortunate because um, I think if he had been able to handle that stuff a little bit more maturely, um, he would have been adored, you know, and I think. I think the Saints fans could have forgiven him, forgiven him for everything, for the backwards pass, for the interceptions, for the inconsistent play. I think all, all the playoff win would have been enough if he had just said the right things in the media, if he just didn't have the smile. I, I think the inconsistency was frustrating, um, but I think we, we've seen inconsistent play from quarterbacks, whether it was Billy Joe Hobart or uh, Billy Kilmer or Archie Manning, and we've tolerated it for a long time. Um, and I think it probably would have been the same with Brooks um, if he had just had a better attitude. Dave. I mean, shit. Uh, no, no, hang on. I got to jump in. I mean, shit. We the, – the, the, a guy who left, who left and went to the, the Saints' bitter rival to spite the team, the city welcomed that fucker back with open arms and lets that guy ramble on the radio. It's true. Oh, and three in the, the playoffs. And it, Oh, oh, and, and, in fact, and in fact, another guy that pulled a Fredo and went to the Falcons, he comes back. Everybody loves him and buys his barbecue sauce. So, I mean, it, it, it's it's not the fact that that 
Of those you know, two, Bobby Abair is worse. Of those and then, two, and Bobby Abair. Morton Anderson's another one. And, right. Well, but see, Morton Anderson and Joe Horn, the Saints made the decision for them. Bobby Abair actively left the Saints, and probably if he would have stayed with the Saints, probably the Saints would have squeezed out one more playoff berth, maybe. One more playoff loss. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Probably, um, Dave. In the whole Aaron Brooks making the Hall of Fame, John Carney got got shoved to the side. But and this is where I show that I am not a consistent host, and my views ramble all over the place, and I'm not consistent at all. How can they put John Carney in the Hall of Fame after he missed the, the extra point and ruined maybe the greatest play in Saints history? Well, I mean that's just one play. I, I don't think an entire career gets wiped out or or erased or forgotten about just from one play. Uh, it, it was certainly unfortunate. It was certainly something we'll probably remember. How uh, did he do of, that? Uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I know. I know. I don't... I don't. I, he was probably just as baffled and surprised and shocked and excited as everybody else uh, when that play happened. And... Uh, he just uh, couldn't couldn't perform in, in the heat of the moment. Uh, but, I mean, Carney Happens definitely... Happens the bestest. Yeah, happens to the best. Yeah, I mean, you know, Kevin's got performance issues. Yep. Uh, <laughs> so we... we uh, sorry if that, was a dad, if that was a dad joke. Sorry. Uh, but, uh, we, you know, uh, Carney certainly deserves, uh, deserves to be in the Saints Hall of Fame for sure. Um... Yeah, I mean, statistically, if you look at Carney, 82.8% conversion rate on field goals. Uh, that's number one in team history. Um, so he, he he converted more kicks than Morton Anderson, had a higher clip than Garrett Hartley, Garrett, higher clip than Doug Bryan, um, and he's second all-time in scoring in team history. So, again, I mean, it, it's funny. You look at Brooks and Carney, and they're both kind of remembered, yeah. I, I think, unfortunately, for one play. Carney um, did make a lot of game-winning kicks. Yeah, I mean, Carney misses the one extra point, and then Brooks with the backward pass. I mean, I think most Saints fans, you ask them about either player, and that's the play that they identify that guy with. And so both of them kind of have that negative light and shadow that hangs over their head. Um, but again, if you look at the body of work, I mean, Carney, um, I mean, I don't need to remind you guys, in 2009, the Super Bowl year when Garrett Hartley was struggling, Carney comes in, makes a few kicks, um, acts as a mentor to Garrett Hartley, um, helps Hartley get his mind right, get his routine right, and uh, Hartley goes on to make the biggest kicks in franchise history. So yeah. he he played a big part in that Super Bowl team too. And um, you know, no one I think put more time and effort into their craft and what they did and was more of a professional than John Carney. So um, both of those guys, I think, again, you have to look at body of work. You can't define a guy's career by one play yeah the, the strange thing about carney kevin is we all remember the 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 missed extra point but the, the the kick that i remember besides that one and it's not it's the kick to win the carolina game yep. in 05 agreed the first the first katrina season game i just like that one just like sticks in my mind and for i don't know a lot of things, but is there is there anything that sticks out besides, unfortunately, besides for Carney, Kevin, of the mixed extra point in your mind? Uh, no. I mean, other than that, I mean, other than that, when he took his helmet off, he always looked super, super old. 
<laughs> Even though he's bald. Yeah, but I mean, he just always looks super, super old regardless. I mean, he just looked great. I mean, he, uh, that was it. It was the botched extra point and then the kick in, uh, 05, that first week in Carolina. All right. Dave, in other Saints news today, the Saints got the shaft for Super Bowl 52. Uh, Minnesota got picked over them and, uh, Tom Benson apparently fell and got concussed. He's going to be okay. Um, but Twitter seemed really – I don't really know if he got concussed. He went to the hospital. He went to the hospital. To he said he's okay. He wasn't. They were checking him for a concussion. Twitter let's, seems let's, surprised. Let's report here, Ralph. What's that? Wait. Let's report accurately here, Let's Ralph. report accurately. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Hashtag journalism. Journalism. Wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait a minute. Wait. He really fucking collapsed? He fell. He, he tripped. Come. He fell. And they took him to the hospital. He tripped. He tripped. Oh, my God. Yeah. So they followed NFL protocol. They put him in a dark room. He had to sit out like uh, a quarter. And he's okay. He's okay. He's on the mend. But Dave, Twitter was surprised that Minnesota beat out the Saints. I don't know why. I have I that baffles that baffles my mind to be but honest with you. Didn't you know like Minnesota? They're building a new stadium, and and if the, the NFL, you build a new stadium, you get a Super Bowl. I mean, that's just that's yes. how it is. New cities that build new stadiums are seven for seven when it comes to yes. when it comes to getting getting a Super Bowl. Now I know you could say, well, the Saints are ten for ten in their Super Bowl bids. Yeah, I mean I understand that, but all that means is one, and they were going for their record eleventh Super Bowl during and the tricentennial of Louisiana. Right, but I mean all all that means is one, New Orleans has had plenty of Super Bowls, so they don't necessarily need another one, uh, and two, you know. I, I, I really don't understand. I, I just, it just baffles my mind that people thought New Orleans was the front runner and not Minnesota. Um, I mean, think about, think about, think who was voting for this. This isn't are, are the you, fans. Are you voting. saying this? Are you saying this purely because Minnesota has a new stadium? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, think, I mean, think about this. Who is voting for, for, for the location of the Super Bowl? It's not the fans. It's not the journalists. It's the owners. And you have 32 very rich billionaire white guys, and they all look after each other and they all take take care of each other. And I think I'm sure that there's this unwritten rule among the owners that says, hey, if I build a new stadium, I expect to have the Super Bowl in it's my city. Part, it's and part. to think that Minnesota, to think that this year would have bucked that trend would have, is foolish. Well, I would have bet a hundred to one that Minnesota would be awarded this Super and Bowl. And I, I did too. Because the, because because whoever who owns this, the, the Ziggy Wilf is he the owner of the, of, of the Vikings? Yeah. yeah. Part yeah, of the pitch when you when you go to a when you go to a state and you go to a city and you say I need a new stadium for my team, build me the stadium and we get all this economic stuff and blah 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 and we get a Super Bowl like that's part of the pitch now and the NFL they know that I mean that's why that's why New Orleans got that that was part of the reason why the, why New Orleans got the Super Bowl two years ago or last year was because they did all those renovations and it was post Katrina and it was sort of like, Hey, yeah, you guys could use this economic boost. So here you go. If there's a city that needs an economic boost, they're going to get the Super Bowl. And Minnesota was out of the three cities that were in the running for the finals, Indianapolis, Minneapolis, and new Orleans, Minneapolis was the one that deserved or, or wanted to get the economic boost. So, so for Duncan and for the other guys to say, uh, other journalists, other reporters to say that this was an upset, uh, 
I don't think they're doing their research. I think they're fucking retarded. Excuse me, not retarded. Excuse me. Mentally <laughs> handicapped. The, all that said, that all that said, Andrew, that's pretty fucking cold what the NFL did today to Tom Benson, an 80-plus-year-old World War II veteran with an ailing knee, flew to Atlanta to personally make the pitch for one more Super Bowl before he dies for Louisiana's tricentennial, and the NFL still gave him the shaft for the new the team with the new stadium. That's pretty cold, even by well, NFL standards. Well, you know it's going to be pretty cold as Minneapolis in February. <laughs> yep. uh, but but uh, you know at least the game's indoors. But uh, I mean, just uh, I Provided just the roof doesn't cave in. I feel sorry. Yep. Uh, I feel sorry for the fans. I feel sorry for the officials and anyone that needs to be in Minneapolis in February because. Um, you would have thought that maybe the lesson from New York when it was snowing sheets uh, five days before the Super Bowl. Now, luckily, things worked out, but uh, the weather and the precipitation five days before the Super Bowl was horrendous. And uh, they dodged a bullet. And Minneapolis is, I mean, he te- I feel like that's tempting fate even more so uh, than New York. So. We'll see how it goes, um, but um, I mean, I, I unlike you guys, I was slightly surprised just because of the weather factor, and I thought, you know, maybe uh, so soon after picking New York, it would be maybe a little gun shy. Um, but I guess things ended up going well. I wonder if um, the uh, and I'm, I'm curious to hear if you guys agree or disagree. I'm not necessarily making a statement here, but I wonder if um, what happened last time the Super Bowl was in New Orleans with the power coming out. Um, if that maybe affected or swayed anyone's votes, maybe a, a slight lack of confidence in things running smoothly so. at the Superdome. I don't think so. No, I, I, I mean, if, so. yeah, yeah, I mean, if if that was the case, they wouldn't have made the uh, the initial round of balloting. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, they, uh, I guess, Indianapolis did get knocked out, so it was down to those two. Kevin, for the New Orleans' pitch, part of it was they were going to build a heads-up training camp. Or, or facility for the NFL to teach safe play. And somebody on Twitter, I forgot who dubbed it the Greg Williams, uh, no more bounties uh, com- complex. Should, yeah. the, should the Saints not build that now? And the state should be like, fuck you, NFL. No, no, we're not. Pretty much. Pretty, I mean, but I, I mean, seriously, pr- pretty much because, you know, everybody wants to talk about, how how all these sporting events and these big these big things are such huge economic boons to not really no no not really I mean you get you get owners who leverage the ever living fuck out of a city the region the state it's like I demand tax breaks this I demand you guys pay up front all of this and oh by the way I get to keep all the revenue and then the state and all them they're like well we got to raise taxes here 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 and here. And it ends up not having a huge effect, so it's e- it either ends up being a bare minimum gain in the extreme long run, provided the team doesn't leave or or demand you build them a new stadium again, or it ends up being a big loss. I mean, it's I I, I mean I can't believe I can't believe that I'm actually saying this on a fucking sports podcast, but the way organized sports are run now, they're they're they're, they're not so much, they're they're far greater economic crippling machines than they are economic 
fuck, what's the opposite of an economic crippling machine? An economic de, de an economic decrippling machine. I don't Black know. Oh, I don't know. Uh maybe that complex should uh now just have um a statue of Sean Pamphlin and uh, Mike, Mike Cerullo on a crucifix. Yeah, and, and you know what? And we can all chuck things at it. That's a Amen. Good, yeah, I'd, I'd donate $5 yeah. for that. Yeah. yeah, actually, I'll tell you what. Even better. I'll, you don't even have to build the complex. Go to the go to Blaine Kern across the river. Ask him to design a couple of floats for the Bacchus people, and everybody can chuck their beads at those motherfuckers uh, when they round the corner <laughs> behind, uh, behind uh, Diddy Kong or whatever the hell they call that float. Diddy Kong. Oh, by the way, speaking of donations, donate to the podcast. Uh, go to the site, donate a dollar, whatever you can. We got we got bills to pay coming up here for twenty for the twenty fourteen season, and we want to hear Kevin being able to run the water, being able to curse and crystal clear sound. If you want, yeah, I just bought seventy. I just bought seventy dollar wrestling pads, folks. Those things ain't cheap. Yeah, the leather right. ones. No, no, no. These these things are thick ass neoprene, man. It felt like I was. I felt like I'm wearing Iron Man armor. All right, Kevin. Kevin needs comfort. He's on his knees a lot. Uh, I saw that a today uh, a woman named Peyton Manning got arrested in Tennessee. So, Dave, it got me to thinking: uh, what NFL team? Now that the draft is over and the mini camps are done, and we're just kind of waiting for training. What NFL team is likely to have a summer crisis? A summer crisis? You mean like? Uh... Like half the team gets arrested or something? Yeah, like or anything. I don't know. Or you, or yeah, you mean your, your star tight end uh, shoots five people and gets arrested? <laughs> yeah. That's um, what I'm talking about. Um, well, I don't know if you saw this, but uh, the Giants and Odell Beckham, they're having their own little thing. Did you guys – did you did you no, read that? I missed oh, there's a There's a woman who – it always starts with a woman. It always oh, starts with a woman. Remember that uh, There's a woman <laughs> – who uh, claims that she is uh, OD ODB's uh, fiance, and uh, she has she's she has a child of theirs, and that she, that he cheated on her um, with uh, strippers in a in a stripper threesome, and meanwhile Beckham uh, cl claims that girl. he has. Well, but meanwhile, Beckham claims that he's never met this woman in his life. He's definitely not engaged. He definitely has no children, uh, and she's just making all this up. So I would say the Giants are the front runner right now for summer meltdown. Yeah, but that, that's so easy to fix, though. I mean, you just go to you go get some blood done, and you're you know within three to four days, man. And then and and then it's like, look, if this woman's lying and full of shit, she gets proved to be lying and full of shit, and this thing gets the kibosh put on it. Quick, like seriously, if if I'm if I'm Odell Beckham, if I'm any any NFL player, famous person, celebrity, whatever, and some fucker comes out of the woodwork claiming something, I am immediately getting on the phone with a lawyer or somebody saying, saying, listen, unless you can think of a legal reason why I shouldn't, I'm going to a doctor right fucking now and giving them a pint of my fucking blood. I'm going to give them a quart of urine. I'll give them skin samples, sperm samples, fecal samples, whatever the fuck they need, because I'm going to fucking prove that this, that this little fucking uh, egg-sucking kid is not mine and that this bitch is crazy. 
and I'm getting on with my life. Uh, that I should just get... be that should just be part of of like the the rookie introduction thing when you join. Right, you're damn right. That needs you, to be you, that. You have to give blood and semen and stool sample. And you say keep this on file, and if anybody uh, <laughs> makes any claims, you just go back to that, do the testing, and exactly I, I'm with this. Exactly. <laughs> like ser- like seriously, the NFL like. You know how like the NFL had all that undercover bullshit with the, with the brains or whatever like that was going on during that PBS documentary. Like they need to do that, but with all the other fluids and and, and samples. Like they need to just have like a, a lab on permanent lease that it's like oh you know oh we got we got a player who's being accused of fathering a child out of wedlock or fathering a child or something. All right, we'll send a sample to the thing so we can test this and get it over with, and then boom, done, done. <laughs> Andrew the Shield wants to protect the players. Protect the players. Sounds like a dangerous game to have Roger Goodell with all these stool samples at his disposal. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, he's already a walking pile of shit, so I don't think he'll mind. Andrew, uh, I segued badly from the the, the woman Peyton Manning story, but what uh, scandal? It doesn't have to be football related, but. If you can make it football related, that would be better. But what scan? Like if Peyton Manning got busted for drugs, like the internet would break and it would the world would just stop. But what scandal, sports related, um, could could make the world stop and break Twitter? Because Aaron Hernandez, he shot a dude, and and it didn't it 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 was big news, but it didn't like engulf everything. It didn't like make the lead of the ABC news for weeks at a time. What scandal over the summer would have to happen that could break fucking Twitter that would be sports related? Well, I'm going to go with Russell Wilson because he just won the Super Bowl and he just got divorced. And uh, with the first gay NFL player um, just getting drafted, it's a very hot topic both politically and in the NFL and if he were to if it were to come out that he was divorced because I'm not saying this is true, but I'm just saying if, if he were to come out and say, well, I actually couldn't have gotten married because I'm gay. Uh, he just won the Super Bowl. He's like <laughs> the poster child for NFL. He's like the new wave Drew Brees. And all of a sudden he's this superstar gay player in the NFL that had this controversial wedding and just divorced because of it. Um, I think that I, I don't know that's necessarily a negative thing other than him getting divorced, obviously, and all that, but uh, but it, it, Twitter would explode. Uh, that's a pretty good uh, that's a pretty good one. I was gonna say if two players on the same team were dating and decided to get oh, married, yeah, if they yes. decided to get married, like if you nice. if, if and it would have to be it would have to be in like a big it have to be in like a big market because if it's like in Green Bay or something, it's harder for the media to get to. Like if it was, if it was two cowboys, like Tony Romo and yeah, well, uh, he's married. But if, if for like Tony Romo was like dating Jason Witten, they're like we're getting married. Like <laughs> you throw in Jerry Jones and it's the Cowboys. Jerry Jones will go get certified online as a minister yeah, because minister. he will want to officiate it himself. Like, that could do it um, because I, I don't think anything else could do it because Aaron, like I said, Aaron Hernandez shot two guys and he was on the Patriots, which was a Boston market. It was a big deal, but it wasn't like right. But 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 he wasn't like a face. Yeah, he wasn't like a face. Like like if it was 
if it was and I would even if it was Rob Gronkowski, it wouldn't have mattered. It's got to be it's got to be like your Tom Brady, your Peyton Manning, your Drew Brees, your Aaron Rodgers. Like if Ben Roth was like yeah, if and, ben and Roth Russell was Wilson's murdered, like the new wave of that fate. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's a very small group like shit. Unless Eli did something like if Eli like went around attacking hobos in the middle of the night with like <laughs> pipes and whatnot and beating them senseless and had and police found out, oh, my God, he's assaulted like 35 homeless people in like some crazed bum fights. What is he like? Uh, like, like he's like he's reenacting Death Wish. Right. right well, no, no, but like American Psycho, like if he's just going into alleys and just attacking homeless people like that might rate that might get get the masses like it would have not to be, the face it's gotta, not the face it's okay it's got to be something extra horrific uh, extra horrific or salacious yeah. feed me feed me stray cat <laughs> it could be it could be if it was if a owner went donald sterling that could be Oh yeah, that could be news. Yeah, yeah, but it's got to be Donald Sterling because we all know it's not going to be fucking booze or drugs or anything like that. No, the NFL will just sit on that, like Paris Hilton sitting on something. <laughs> uh, this is good water. Um, Dave, was there any actual um, mini camp news besides besides the fact that the Saints signed all their draft picks and? Uh, nobody blew out a knee, which was good. <laughs> well, it's non-contact, so that's not going to happen. Didn't yet. stop uh, Mr. Butler yeah, yeah. from blowing out a knee last. Exactly. Uh, yeah, I mean, not too, not too much news. I'll tell you what I was surprised by. I was really surprised. Um, I, I wasn't so much surprised that they signed Derek Strozier because uh, I've always thought that he was a good player. But I was really surprised that they signed him not as a cornerback but as a running back. Um, I, to be honest with you, I never knew that he was a running back. I don't remember ever see him uh, running the ball in college. Um, I always remember him playing cornerback and playing it well, despite being incredibly short and incredibly tiny. Um, but for me personally, as a Tulane fan, that was sort of surprising news. And I'm I'm, I'm going to be definitely rooting for him uh, once training camp rolls around. So, Dave, how crushed will you be when he's cut before the first preseason game? Well, I mean, I'm not going to be, I, you know, he, he's got an uphill climb. I, I'm, I'm, I'm never going to be surprised by anybody getting cut. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, any, as far as I'm concerned, anybody that was drafted below the third round, you know, could potentially be cut. By the Saints, uh, especially, they, they're not. They have, they have shown the willingness to cut fourth round draft picks. Yeah, Antonio Pittman. And uh, Al, Al, Al Woods was a third round. Pick. Al Woods. Al Woods was, was a third good? round pick. Pretty sure he was a third round pick. I yeah. thought he was a Had fourth. Him. I thought he was a fourth round pick that they traded up. Uh, you might be they right. They traded look up. It, look him. it up. Look they it up. They definitely traded up for him. A few, it was only a few spots that they traded. I'm gonna up. say third round. Ralph is saying fourth. Who's right? Uh, I'm on Google right now. Fourth round. Oh, Fuck. Man. So <laughs> we're in the dead time now. We had. Lots of Saints news today, thank God. But now that it's the dead time, um, Kevin, how are you going to spend your summer until uh, August rolls around and we have uh, actual football games to talk about? I mean, it's obvious I'm going to be spending my rest. Besides rest. Right. No, I mean, that's Rob. That's That's it. I I mean, if I'm not wrestling, I'm going to be hanging out with my girlfriend 
on his knee pads. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. Uh, Getting a lot of practice. You wanted to talk. You wanted to talk to the people about Godzilla, the movie. Well, you brought it up in the well, in, in the you brought it up in the pre-show notes. I'm pumped. I'm pumped to see it because I'm a big uh, Brian Cranston fan. No spoilers, Kevin. No spoilers. I want. I don't, not, if Heisenberg is selling Godzilla meth, I don't want you telling the people. I'll give you a spoiler. A giant lizard destroys everything. (laughs) He smashes. There is there is a lot of smashing. Uh, Okay, what I'm the what I'm about to say is going to sound weird considering it's about a Godzilla movie. The movie is poorly written. (laughs) But 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 the actors in the movie act the ever living hell out of that terrible dialogue. (laughs) Like Brian Cranston is phenomenal. Ken Watanabe, phenomenal. Uh, the gal playing uh, what's his face, his wife in the movie, she's phenomenal. The main guy, eh, he's you could have replaced him with anybody. Like you could have put you, me, Andrew, or Dave in that movie, and it would have been the same thing because you'd have gotten the same type of delivery. Yeah. Um, I would have watched a movie with Ralph in it. I would me trying to limp away from Godzilla. Yeah. <laughs> um, the thing is, is that. The movie's two hours long, and there's not a lot of Godzilla what? in the movie. Like, is it like Jaws where they don't show you? It's like you. Just it is. Spin? It is. It is very much like Jaws. It is very much. It is like Jaws is a very comparable. Uh, a, a, that, that's very smart analysis there. A smart comparison, but when they start showing and like that's not so that's kind of so it's like a Cloverfield, right? Is that the? Isn't there? Yeah. Yeah. But, but yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, but here's the thing though, like like the people are like I don't hate the humans in this movie like I did in Cloverfield. Like I just mm-hmm. wanted to see everybody die in Cloverfield. <laughs> like uh, like like the problem is the problem is the human beings in Godzilla are just like, "All right, give me something." And it's just empty dialogue or not really explaining what's going on or saying something very stupid that doesn't make sense. Uh, but you just keep hoping and waiting, and then Godzilla shows up, or those monsters show up, and they do something awesome, and you're like, "Fuck, that was awesome!" Oh, great, they're going back to the human. <laughs> but at the end, when Godzilla does his Godzillaing, holy fuck, is it great! Like the movie just go, the movie just goes from like flatlining to rapid spiking, and it's a lot of badass stuff going on, and yeah, so. So that's like, like one got, thumb and a half up. Thumb and a half. Andrew, yeah. Andrew like I grew up, I grew up loving Godzilla. So it's I like love if, Godzilla if, too. if you grew up watching it, go see it. It's not great. It's 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 good for what it's okay for what it is. Just don't go in expecting it to make a lot of sense. My wife is a big Godzilla fan. She likes the cartoon Godzilla with Godzilla and Godzuki. She watches it. On the uh, on the one of the cartoon networks, it comes on like two in the morning. We... Somebody watching Telemundo? What's that? Somebody know. watching Telemundo? Because I'm hearing like a loud yapping guy. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Ralph. Could wife. be Ralph's wife. It's <laughs> not my wife. She's at a wedding <laughs> convention. It was Dwayne Wade. <laughs> uh, Andrew, now that we have this like last little window before football season starts, do you have like a what do you, list what do you mean of... this last little window? We have yeah, two fucking I mean, dude, months of fucking... no football. We got a long, long summer, about? man. So, I am not looking forward right, to this little giant three months, but like, do you have things that you need to get done? 
before before football season starts that your wife's nagging you to do like uh, paint a fence or like build a gazebo or some shit that you're like oh god no you're talking like, to the wrong or like dude something when crazy it comes like to spend time labor. with her yeah no i think i'm just enjoying the sunday i mean i'm pretty much on lockdown on sundays during football season i mean I, it's in front it's not only in front of a tv for three hours but it's an hour before kickoff prepping my fantasy team it's an hour after kickoff or after the game's over just scrounging the waiver wire on my fantasy team it's posting updates it's doing the grades it's um you know just seeing how the other teams are doing in the division so it it pretty much consumes my sunday in its entirety um and uh so yeah just having that extra day um during the week is nice to kind of hang out with family do my chores and um you know luckily i'm i'm i have a supportive wife that understands that uh kind of com- comes with the territory before she married me she understood that um sundays are off limits during football season and if she huh. doesn't understand you're gonna make her understand <laughs> <laughs> all right we got we got a shit ton of twitter questions so i'm gonna start with them and this grandmaster wang or now he's got warg on his uh Twitter yeah, handle, whatever. Uh, so I'll start with one of his, Dave. Uh, how much therapy is Tavon Rooks going to need after Marcel Jones crushes all his hopes and dreams in training camp? Why? Because Marcel Jones is going to outplay Tavon Rooks? I, you know, I, I don't think there's anything guaranteed as far as uh, the offensive line is concerned. So, uh, you know, th- those are some that, – that's he, – he, Grandmaster Wang might find himself on Stu's list with, with a bold statement like that. <laughs> And I know how Grandmaster Wang, how much he loves Stu. I know. Kevin, this one's specifically from you, from Grandmaster Wang. Uh, Sean, Sean Orleans versus Jordan Jefferson. Ref is distracted. Who gets kicked in the face with a loaded boot first? Oh, it's Jordan Jefferson because Sean, Sean Orleans <laughs> rolls with a uh, big, diverse posse. Sean Orleans, Sean Orleans, Sean Orleans has, has associates. In a lot of different places. All right. This one is – Andrew, I'm going to start with this. But we'll go around the horn real quick. Adam Fauché, if you could switch the result of any game in Saints history, make a loss, become a win, which game would would it be and why? Oh, man. I mean I think the obvious choice is probably – um, the Chicago playoff game in 2006, because if they win that game, they go to the Super Bowl, um, and that would have been the Saints Super Bowl. As far as as far as the second Super Bowl, it's well first, I guess, but you know they had a second one. But um, I, as far as like which game is most painful, um, I, I'm still not over that 49ers playoff. Oh, thank you. That's the, thank that, you. That's, that's the correct answer. That is that, that's only- that's the. That's the game that stings, um, and you know I, I just felt like that the Super Bowl is rightfully the Saints if they just come out of the game alive. They get a home game in the NFC. I mean, as much fun as it would have been to flip the Chicago game, to me, you flip that San Francisco game, you get a home game in the NFC Championship against the against Giants that you yep. fucking destroyed on a Monday night. Yeah, forget Bounty Gate. I'll never forgive Greg Williams for that game. Dave, what would be your choice for that question? What was the question again? If you could switch any result in Saints history, a game, and change it from a loss to a win, what would it be and why? Uh, 
I didn't even hear what you guys said. The Niners game in 2011. Yeah, that's the answer. That is the yeah. correct answer. Andrew got it yeah. wrong. Yes. And I do. I would. I didn't even hear you. You guys, other answers. That was. I was like in my own little uh, isolation. Well, I, I gave my usual answer. Well, you one, were wrong. One answer question with two answers. But. Uh, this is from the angry Ocho. Way to cover your ass. Yeah, uh, there you go. This is for me. If you were being Ralph, if you were being chased by a twenty-foot fire-breathing kitten, would you trip someone to save your own life? If so, who? Uh, yeah, I would trip Kevin. That's an easy answer. Yeah. You know what they? What they, I I took a cruise to Alaska and, and they have lots of bears and and bear attacks are a thing in Alaska and you know what they say? You don't have to outrun the bear. You just have to outrun the other guy. Yeah, that is. That is. <laughs> <laughs> well, that then see in that theory I'm fucked because like a toddler can outrun me. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh. Yeah, I like my chances in a race against you guys. Uh, Andrew. Tennis guru. Andrew Goodell, uh, Reed from saintswin.com, and angry hoodat walk into a bar. You finish the joke. (laughs) That's from from Super Saiyan Saint. Wait, how did did Kevin not get this one? I don't know. (laughs) I feel like this one is for Kevin. I don't know, man. Maybe you know this one. Maybe you know these uh, people. I don't know. I feel like you'll nail this much better than me. You're good at thinking I on those. seriously doubt that. All right, so what's the question again? Read. Read angry Goodell o- and Angry Hoodat walk into a bar, finish the joke. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, say, I mean, it, it ends with Goodell being bludgeoned, I would hope. Yeah, I would imagine that it ends with what happens is Reed is probably – Really clinical and just throwing facts at Goodell to start and, and, and being very calm. And angry Hudad is in the behind Reed, pacing back and forth, just angry like a motherfucker. And Reed, but in the end, Reed gets himself so worked up, he ends up murdering Goodell, and angry Hudad helps him bury the body. <laughs> is, all right. And, that, and that's the joke. <laughs> Kevin, the reason why I got this, this one I, I have for you. Uh, Fill in the blank, cards against humanity style. Jeff Duncan is the kind of asshole that always <laughs> blanks the blank. That's from Sports Cajun. Oh, God. What was the question? Fill in the blank, cards oh. against humanity style. Jeff Duncan is the kind of asshole that blank that always blanks the blank. Forgets to tip the gal before she leaves. That's the best I've got. That's the best I've got. That's solid. That's solid. I've never that played cards against humanity, so I don't. I never get all the references to the game. Dave, with all the cadavers, is the Saints' defense now Zombie Land? What are you talking? What is that? What does that even mean? I don't even get that question. What, what cadavers? I don't know. It's because their <laughs> knee. No, their knees are. A lot of these guys have had the surgery where the Achilles tendon of a cadaver. Was uh, used to be put in their knees to make them functional again. Who got that? Who got that? Who got that surgery? Like, like three <laughs> of the four rookies they drafted. Well, they so they both of the linebackers and since no, since Sari didn't get the cadaver, he just got a regular old knee surgery. Yeah, but but Kyrie Fort and uh, Ronald Powell did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, sounds right. All right, Dave. Here's a, here's a good question. <laughs> what deal with the devil would you make for the Saints to win another Super Bowl? 
Nickelback at halftime <laughs> every show for five years, every halftime show at the Saints for game for five years or worse. What, what what kind of deal would you make with the devil for the Saints? I would take the Nickelback in, the, in a heartbeat. That That's that's lame. I mean, that's you, just, sweet. you just turn the TV off for 20 minutes. No, 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 no. Yeah, but but I imagine the deal is you have to sit and watch and listen to the entire thing. Absolutely. You know, Nickelback comes on when I'm in the shopping mall, so uh, and I deal with it then. So I can deal with it for for 20 minutes a year for five years. The Saints get. Could you, Kevin? For me, a difficult one would be like giving up drinking or gambling forever. That's pretty. I mean, that's a pretty tough one. Would you do Uh it? Kevin, you could never wrestle again. I don't know. That's a lot of drink. I mean, Andrew, that's a lot of drinking. That's tough, man. I could I never mean, wrestle again. I don't know. Ugh. I could give up. I could give up gambling, but I don't know about the drinking. Andrew, what would be hard for you to give up? I think or, uh, or deal you have to make with the devil. Yeah, well, I think it would have to be for me. Um, it would either be. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to think of what my biggest hobbies are, and they're playing tennis and blogging about the Saints. So, if I had to give up one of those two things forever. Um, let's say blogging about the team. If I had to give up blogging about the team to, I would make that deal. I would make that deal. All right. It would be, it would be sad, but I would make the deal. All right. I got one. Give up blogging. I've got one. And, and this, and this may be a bit of a okay, dead You would or would not give up blogging? I would, I would be happy to give up blogging. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, actually, Kevin. actually. Okay. So then this is a follow-up then. It's two of them. The first one is easy. Uh, the second one is, is, is the dad joke. The first one. Would you guys give up doing this show if it meant the Saints would win another Super Bowl? Yeah, I'd give up this show. I could just call <laughs> up Kevin in the middle of the night and harass him. I, I, yeah, and I'd I'm probably – I don't know, man. I have too much fun talking to you is. guys. We have such a big Aww. audience now. I just yeah, crossed 1,000 okay. followers on Twitter, goddammit. Right, and, and, and half of them don't like us. Um, yeah. Side note, and, so, when I did that tweet about Les Miles at the at – the, uh, Luncheon for LSU. I had legitimate, legitimate media DMing me. Is that an exact quote? Is that an exact quote? I was like, <laughs> Are you fucking shitting me? And then I forgot <laughs> that I have like contributing writer WWLTV.com, so they thought I was a legitimate media person. Wait, what did you um, tweet? I tw- I tweeted last mile's joke about the University of Texas not having anybody drafted. Yeah. Um. Okay. So. <laughs> Segue. So. so hashtag how. how. Yes. Uh, so the the dad joke then is, would you give up masturbating if it meant the Saints would win a Super Bowl? And by giving up masturbating, I don't mean that you have to like, like, you could theoretically do it, but you're not going to feel anything and nothing's going to happen. So you would essentially just be tugging at nothing while the like earth- you can't like you not that like you can't anymore. Like, say, right. I don't think I could actually stop. Right. <laughs> could, could, can I still have can I still have sex and enjoy sex though? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. You, but here's the thing. You will only like for instance, your peen will only feel stuff when you're having sex. That's it. That's it. Hmm. Do I still if, want to masturbate? You, like, you, since I, exactly. Since I, oh, exactly. The urge to masturbate will still exist. <laughs> oh, this, this is getting weird. This is I, I, well, you, that's why you have me on the show. Yeah. What I what I think is say. weird. 
what I think is weird is that Kevin throws around fuck and shit all the time, but when it comes to the word penis, he has to abbreviate it. He gets shy and comes up with peen. <laughs> I don't know. What a Catholic boy. Exactly. <laughs> oh, I, that's a tough one. I mean, because you, cause, cause you, you know that you'd still want to and you'd just be miserable. What are you fuckers? Is, did one of you fuckers snort? Yeah, I did. I think I <laughs> That's, that's great. That's a tough one. I, I would say it have to be more than one Super Bowl. It has to be at least. I mean, we're gonna have the urge to masturbate, but we can't. That I mean, that sounds like hell to me. I mean, that's that's like that's like cruel and unusual punishment. Well, that's the deal with the devil, though. So there you go. Yeah. That's yeah, tough. but two Super Bowls, man. <laughs> If, for that, they'd have to go undefeated for me to give up masturbating. Like a perfect uh, season? Like You're 19, talking 19-0. and 19-0. and 0. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, with, with a promise that it never happens again with anyone else. <laughs> oh, let's see. What question? If we have any more uh, questions? Oh, do, Kevin, would you like to see the Saints on Hard Knocks? That was one oh, of the questions. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, I'd be intrigued by it. I'm not clamoring for it. What? Straightforward answer. That's Andrew, crazy. would you want to see the Saints on Hard Knocks? I have HBO now. I, I would. I kind of would. I'm torn on that. Uh, I, I, I kind of like the fact that the Saints are, pardon the pun here, but incognito. I mean, I, I kind of like that Sean Payton has this thing where he tells the media nothing. No one's really allowed in the locker room. No one really knows what goes on behind those walls. I mean, it, I, th- there's there's something about that that even though I'm kind of in the dark on the information, I respect that. Um, but look, if it's going to be on HBO, I, I'm obviously going to watch the hell out of it. So <laughs> I'm on the fence. Kevin, what would Rob Ryan's superpower be if he were an X-Man? The ability That's to from eat. Mitch, by the way. The ability to eat anything and everything without gaining a pound. <laughs> so like he would like like he could eat buildings or eat meteors right. if they were coming. Right. Okay. Oh well, yeah. I mean, because he, he strikes me as a guy that would just be like, you know what? I've always wanted to eat a '57 Chevy. <laughs> <laughs> you no, know? or just just like, oh, I've always wondered what vinyl siding tasted like. Ah, oh, yeah, it's a little gamey. All right. And and if he could eat literally anything, like that could be useful. As a useful superpower, like when you're fighting villains. Right. Like if somebody was like if there was somebody who had a bomb, he could eat the bomb. I wish he could eat Jeff Duncan. <laughs> Dave, yeah. this, this is a good question. Uh, rank these three pro quarterbacks from Joe Shot. Rank these three pro quarterbacks. Aaron Brooks, Jake DeLome, Jim Everett. Does ranking change if judging at only their peak? Uh, ooh. <laughs> I'm not totally familiar with Everett, but I would rank them Delome, Everett, Brooks. Well, no, no, no. I would rank them Delome, Brooks, Everett. No way. Mm. Andrew? No, Everett in his prime with the Rams was a beast. I mean, are we saying their time with the Saints or just their whole career? 
No, their whole career, I guess. Oh, Everett by far is number one, by far. I would say yeah. DeLome is number two just because he made it to a Super Bowl. Um, but I actually think Brooks kind of sustained. I feel like DeLome was kind of a flash in the pan. You know, he had a f- couple good seasons with Carolina and got really awful pretty quickly. And Everett was um, functional with the Saints. I mean, yeah, Everett, I mean, Everett had a, a d- couple decent years with the Saints. So I would say Everett, DeLome, Brooks. Um, and if you're asking me in their peak, I mean, that one season that Jake DeLome had was pretty magical. So. Um, I mean, he was red hot the year that they got to the Super Bowl, but he had a lot of talent around him, too. So um, but I think I mean, at Brooks in his peak that first season, he was I mean, he was throwing for 300 yards and rushing for 100. So um, he was pretty good, too. I don't know that Everett um, ever kind of had, you know, the, the big games that those guys had. But I mean, look, the Rams with Jim Everett were good teams. And honestly, the, those teams were in the playoffs and potentially, an NFC championship. Yeah, they were potentially a Super Bowl team if the 49ers didn't exist. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think Everett. Everett <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. Jim Everett, people were pissed off that the Saints traded for him. And then he body slammed Jim Rome. And we were like, ah, maybe that guy will be OK. Yeah, that was right before he came to the Saints. Yeah, too. he like he got traded. We were like, man, that that dude, he might be all right. He body slammed that prick on the West Coast. Um, the one thing about Aaron Brooks is he's like a his he he just drove you nuts because his moments when he was great were just so electric, like the game-winning drives and such. But uh, Kevin, yeah, but we're talking is, we're talking about a quarterback that went to the NFC Championship and a quarterback that went to the Super Bowl versus Aaron Brooks. Yeah. Yeah. So. Kevin, this is from Walter Salbach. Uh, uh, most so you, underappreciated so player or coach in Saints history. Wait, repeat that again. Most underappreciated player slash oops, player or coach in Saints history. Hmm. Underappreciated. Yeah. I have my answer ready to go. Well, I tell you, what, you go on ahead with your you go on ahead with your answer. I'll just listen to uh, to whoever is out there bussing the tables. I thought that was you. <laughs> no, it's, no, I'm sitting here at my laptop. It it's Wayne uh, Martin, and it's not even close. Dude had almost 90 sacks. Play had double digit sacks for four straight years. Never missed a fucking game <clears throat> with the Saints. Uh. Had double-digit sacks as an end and a tackle. Uh, only made the Pro Bowl one time. Just got lost in the shuffle. And I think is one of one of the – you can make an argument he's one of the top ten Saints players of all time. Maybe, maybe even top six. And that that's my answer for underappreciated. My Asian. answer, my answer, and it's and it's similar to yours. And I actually think he's even more underappreciated because he's never made any Pro Bowl, and that's Marcus Colston. But do you think I he's under? Do you think Martin. he's underappreciated by Saints fans though? I feel like Wayne Martin is underappreciated by like when you talk about great players in Saints history, nobody mentions Wayne Martin. Yeah, Wayne oh. Martin doesn't really come up in a conversation with Ricky Jackson and Pat Swilling, and he should. Fair enough, but um, uh, if if we're talking about the overall NFL fan, Marcus Colston, uh, you know, gets gets little respect, although he's been very consistent over what six years, seven years. Andrew, you're. Um, I would probably, I mean, on this current team, I would say Zach Streif. I mean, he's just a 
workman like rock solid right tackle um, that's been really good for the Saints for a while now and especially last year I thought was maybe his best season so um, I, I I'm a big fan of Streif um, but historically I mean Wayne Martin's a great call. Um, I would piggyback on that. Um, there's a couple guys on that line, Frank Warren and Jim Wilkes, um, both I thought fantastic players. Um, never really got their due. Four um, straight. Four, Wayne Martin had four straight double-digit sack years of 10, 13, 11, and 10 and a half. And in '92, he had 15 and a half sacks. Yeah, I mean, he, I remember him well, and he was dominant. Um, he was. Um, I mean, he was as big of a part of the Dome Patrol as, as those other guys. And he retired in 99, and he was still playing good. I think Ditka just drove him the fuck off. Like, he was like, I can't take this anymore. Like, he was still a a solid NFL player, even at 33, 34. Yeah. Joel, Joel Hilgenberg's another one that's kind of underrated. You know, he was with the Saints for a really, really long time. It was a great center. <sighs> yeah. Um, I think... This will be the last one. This is um, from John Frederick. I'll ask this one for you, Dave. Which of you could most likely perform a flying breeze up and who would break their face and broke both wrists? I could never do it. I could never uh, do it. Wait, a flying I, what? You, you, first of all, I think they should have called that like the Matrix or something like that. They should have come up with some sort of Matrix name for that thing. But he, he's referring to uh, a workout that uh, that Drew Brees does with one of his trainers and he posted a video and it's like this crazy push-up kind of thing where Brees is like floating. I don't know what the hell he's doing, but uh, it looks very difficult and I don't think any of us can do it. <laughs> I can – I got fucking no okay. – one and a half arms. I can, I, ba- to... I can barely play Neil Young hard of gold. I consider that working out. <laughs> no, that's not happening. You know what? Fuck <laughs> it. I, you know what? Hang on. Kevin can do it. I I tell you what I, I I now not off the street, but I think if I got some, I think if I got a week maybe or two weeks to really like go at it, I could probably do. How many are we talking here? I don't know, five. I could probably do five, <laughs> and then I and then I would immediately need to you know go go drive to that doctor in Alabama to have both my arms and my chest replaced. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I could do it. All right. Final. This is the final question. This is a hard one. I don't know if we have an answer, but um, uh, let's see. I got a bunch of good ones here. Um, best fat guy in a little player coat. in Saints history, Andrew. Fat guy player. Yeah. Did best we fat have guy player last week? Did we? No. Have... I don't. I think it. I don't think it was best fat guy. I think, I think it was worst. I, I remember there was an insult about a fat guy. Um, most entertaining fat guy in Saints history. I'd have to go with Big Wiggle, Norman Hand. I swear we had this. We did, talked about this already. I probably so. I need to. I need to. I need to. Hey, if you want to intern and track the questions in an Excel spreadsheet, email, <laughs> email us. us. Email us or, t- or Twitter one of us. We'll, we'll uh, hire you. I, I always thought Hollis Thomas was pretty entertaining. Remember yeah, because that? he, Remember he, wore, he, wore, he yeah. wore SpongeBob uh, pajamas. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah. Also had, he also had a tongue ring. Yeah, and remember when he was mic'd up for that game on, for NFL Films, and he, he he's just he's, he just runs off of the mouth for, for three hours. <laughs> he was pretty funny. Uh, and he was a big boy. Yeah. On that note, I guess we can 
uh, wrap this thing up. Uh, remember, we mentioned it before. You got people donate just a dollar, fifty cents, whatever. Uh, Jan, she donated a dollar fifty this week. All right, Thanks, Jan. Jan. Thank you. Jan. So, uh, you know, we just need money to just pay for the uh, pay for the yearly subscription so we can hear Kevin and Crystal Clear audio. Uh, gonna get his horse <laughs> I know there's some of you uh, out there who, who missed to, that in the intro, so I, I wanted to give it to you. Go to Canal Street Chronicle. Dave's got a wonderful. He's got wonderful articles, and he's got a terrible article about saying how bad the Saints draft, which was and he, and he smells like nougat. <laughs> which was a terrible article. I forget who wrote it, but it was awful. Uh, Jr. Well, gee, J- that's, J- that's so, so nice of you. <laughs> well, I mean, I commented on it. it. Was it was it just it was just terrible because he didn't compare the Saints to anybody else. He's like thinking that the Saints need to draft five Pro Bowlers every year. Um, <laughs> but but the rest of it is a good site, and you go there. You know. Uh, I mean, I was kind of with him on that one, to be honest. Oh. With you. I, mean, I I you know I understand what everybody says, and I understand everything's relative. But at the same time, it's like, why does it have to be relative? You're trying to do yeah. draft. You're trying to have the best draft you can possibly. You you can possibly draft. I mean, Jr. is a perfectionist. He wants the Saints to, you know, to draft six Pro Bowlers every time every time out. So why why do you need to? You know, what does it matter if 31 other teams are are mediocre at it? That that, that shouldn't stop the Saints from but, from doing the best job but if they you, can. If- if you do it like that, then in the history of the world, they're mediocre because you even teams like Pittsburgh, who won four Super Bowls in the 70s, they don't they didn't draft good every year. They had two. They had they had one good draft where they drafted four Hall of Famers and two starters. And I think it was like 73. And the rest of the time they were like 30 percent. Well, so what? That doesn't mean they couldn't have done a better job. <laughs> that is a fucking dude. He'd be a tough owner to work for. Tough crowd. I would be. I would be tough. tough. I would be. Tough. And Andrew is breaking down the Saints' schedule, and Andrew has already started his maybe what Andrew's he's good at a lot of things on his blog, but maybe what he's best at is the motherfucker just knows the Saints' roster up and down like nobody else. And you're already breaking that thing down. I saw that this week, Andrew. You're already you're already breaking down the roster. You're yeah, like, I mean, they have... I'm looking forward to it, man. It's the the depth, the competition, uh, you know, the injuries that kind of just seeing how it all shakes out. It'll be fun. And in fact, a little no tidbit, injuries. I already booked my tickets to the Greenbrier in West Virginia, which is only a two hour drive from uh, where I live in Charlottesville, Virginia. So book my tickets in August and I'll be going down there for a few days. Live camp, updates, practice out. updates. So, yeah, I'll give you guys some live practice updates. Yeah. Uh, Kevin, will you be writing anything for the web so you can get the big lead to hire you? Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. But I tell you what, in the meantime, you'll get – if you follow me on Twitter, at Hakeem Drops Ball, uh, you'll get such uh, classic insights as, holy shit, Tavon Rooks looks like he could be LeBron James' older brother. <laughs> Yeah. I shit you not. Go on Google right now. Google Tavon Rooks. I'm, I'm Googling images. it right now. So uh, oh, no yeah, power. Yeah. So no power pole then. Yeah, no power pole. Seriously, <laughs> me, me, but Kevin, me, and you are like. An uglier if you combine us, we are like the two most pathetic. Between us, we only have like fifteen hundred people that follow us. We are sad, sad people on Twitter. We need to, know, we, I mean, we need to get with the program. I feel like I feel like we should each, all of us, should have like five thousand followers. Well, one of us does have five thousand followers. 
every I keep I I feel like I keep getting lots and lots of followers, but I can never catch fucking Andrew uh, with his Saints Nation thing. I'm at two thousand and Andrew's at four thousand. Then I get to like thirty three hundred. I'm like, oh, I gotta be catching him. He's already got fifty five hundred. I don't understand Twitter. I got the fucking Les Miles thing got retweeted two hundred and fifty fucking times, and I got like six followers. I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand the Twitters. Do you think we should start a Twitter account for the blog for the for the podcast i've jesus i can only i can barely get this shit posted who's gonna run and we that could all, all well all four of us we could uh, have a common password and we the could. Four of us could do it we should do that i'm into that we should Let's we could it. we we call it uh we can call it saints podcast and we can have a picture of kevin uh wearing his knee pads <laughs> and well, actually they are they are black and gold we <laughs> have that's done it's done it's it's done. I'm setting it up tomorrow on a meeting. Saints podcast. All right, do it. All right. So I have a feeling Saints podcast will already be taken. Go. go you better you better register that shit before this goes live. That's <laughs> right. I'm doing go it right Saint- now. I'm, I'm doing it right now. Go to Saints Nation. Go to Canal Street Chronicles. Follow Hakeem Drops Ball on Twitter. Uh, and until next week, people, uh, be safe. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate.
Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. 